Squad Radio, the music you want. With your host, Jeez Dan. Yes! <laughs> I like it. RadioWhat.com. What Radio, the music you want. With your host, Jeez Dan. Freaking idiot. RadioWhat.com. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live in a living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous? It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do you go? DJLittleRock.com. Check availability, get a free price quote, and maybe you can have me at your next event. I like to party with the people. Speaking of the people, today on the program, Kevin Seedorf. He is the writer, director, producer, casting director of a movie called McDojo. And we're going to learn a little bit more about that. Kevin Seedorf and McDojo. You have that to look forward to in your ears. This week's shows, I have one count them one public show so if you want to have your karaoke video dance party needs met i encourage you to come out on friday night at 8 p.m to the rab in conway arkansas yeah i'll be on the digital wheels of steel it's a 21 and over club they got the full bar the kitchen's open 10 count them 10 diamond pool tables on friday nights they have a pool tournament so if you want to make some money while you're hanging out at the rab waiting to sing a song i encourage you to check out the pool tournament go see mark or debbie and they'll tell you all about it and they also have the shuffleboard on the party patio and the foosball darts yeah drunk people in darts Hmm. i don't know if that's a winning combination (laughs) Uh, anyway it's always a good time there's always something to do while you're waiting to sing on stage and be the star of the show at least for a few minutes with me over at the rab conway arkansas that starts at 8 p.m and it goes almost till about two in the am yeah now past my bedtime all right party people it's time to have a chit chat with kevin seedorf and find out more about the McDojo film that he's putting together. Calling Kevin Seedorf now. This is Kevin. Kevin Seedorf? It is. The man in charge of McDojo? I am the, the creator, that is correct. Oh, that's fantastic, man. I've been excited to talk to you uh, for uh, the while now because uh, I heard about this movie, but I, I don't know much about it. And then there's the man behind the movie, Kevin Seedorf, and that's you, man. Give the people a little idea of who you are, Mr. Kevin. Uh, I'm originally from Panama City, Florida. Went to school, University of Florida, and uh, traveled the world. Mostly been a salesman, paying for my uh, trips around the world. And I went to film school a few years ago, and now this will be my first uh, full-length film. Man, what does it take to to make a full-length feature film? And what is a full-length feature film? What's what's the definition of that? 
Uh, typically, it's got to be more than an hour and 15 minutes is the way I understand it. Um, so, you know, you have your, like, your shorts, your, you know, 15, 30, you know, 40, 45 minutes. Uh, but for me, it's a, a full length that's going to be over an hour and 15 minutes. So what have you done up to now, Kevin Seedorf, uh, to, in your filmmaking career? Pretty much nothing other than short films and film school. So uh, went from that and went back out selling products to, you know, save up to uh, make my own movie. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I noticed you're on Indiegogo, and I'll say that right up front, uh, that you're trying to raise some money to actually make this movie. Uh, what is the, I mean, what does that entail? Is that, that because you don't want to try to go around to different, um, you know, investors when you're doing it? What, what's the advantage of doing an independent film rather than, than trying to uh, sell it to a maybe a major movie-making facility? Well, you don't have to get permission and you can do it the way that you want to do it one way. Um, that said, you know, for someone to invest in a movie for a guy who's never made a movie before, that's a pretty risky investment. I don't blame them. Uh, you know, people always hold their hands asking for money, pick me, pick me. Well, they don't really have, you know, something to show for it, which I don't, you know, I, my, my, even though I wanted to always be a filmmaker, I first wanted to, you know, live a life, uh, kind of like Hemingway, travel the world, live my adventures, and gain a life experience. So instead of just, you know, after college, after high school, moving to Hollywood, working my way up, making the connections, I just became a salesman because I was good at selling stuff, made money, then traveled, came back, made money. So um, kind of long answer to your question. <laughs> no, believe me, we, we have no time limit here. Uh, this is your story, and I, I want you to be able to tell tell it completely now where are you located at now i am in panama city florida oh you born and, I, and raised yeah. in panama city okay so my family's from panama city my dad and mom are from panama city uh but they were in college in mississippi when they had me so i was born in jackson mississippi oh. a place i do not remember because they moved when i was two years old gotcha yeah so people from jackson like oh that's so awesome you're from jackson what's your favorite part uh, I don't know. I guess because I was a little kid, a little baby, I don't remember it. I guess the the diapers were pretty good to you, I, I suppose. Yeah, I, I I was born in Miami, but I, I think I lived in Indian Indianapolis or somewhere around there for in my early life, and I don't remember a thing about it. People sometimes ask me about it. No, nope, don't remember it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I've lived there. That's where I went to film school. So. It's uh, very hot and sticky, very expensive, uh, beautiful women, and expensive drinks. So that's uh, the summary of Miami. Oh, you went to film school in Miami? Well, yeah, I went to the New York Film Academy uh, for a couple semesters, and they have a Miami branch, or at least did. I don't know if it's still uh, there, uh, but I went to the Miami branch. It's yeah. on Lincoln Road, one of the oh, main okay. uh, tourist places. I'm definitely familiar with Lincoln Road. You're pretty close to the beach there. Uh, so, yeah, and I went to Connecticut School of Broadcasting in South Florida. So <laughs> I, I'm familiar with uh, places that have <laughs> names from other places uh, having branches in far-off places. And so, all right. Uh, uh, yeah. So primarily, <laughs> you grew up in Panama City. Uh, what made you want to be a pretty filmmaker? Much, pretty, pretty much. Um, I went to elementary school here, and uh, – I went to sixth grade, but then I went to a little town like a 45 minutes north. And people who are from anywhere around the south are going to know this place. Not because it's a big place, 
there's only one traffic light. Um, it's a place called Cottonville, Florida. I went there my junior high years and my high school years. Uh, I think we broke a record. We had a graduating class of like 68 people or something like that. <laughs> but here's what everyone knows about it. Okay, it's, it's on a um, it's on a state highway 231 that goes to Dothan, mm-hmm. Alabama, um, and the 231 eventually into I-10. There was it was a place with a bunch of fruit stands. Okay. Like you go, like you're traveling. Think about the 80s and 90s, you know, um, and the fruit stands. You know, you, you you stop in a small town to get a bowl of peanuts. This place, like the, the fruit stands, were like uh, casinos in Vegas. <laughs> it was like a fruit stand haven, and so people like no no anything about they're like oh you're from Cottondale yeah I stopped there got bowl of peanuts oh man I stopped there got watermelons I stopped there and, and got some fruit so a little town that literally the one horse town, I mean, to the description. Um, and then it's, it's very recognizable to anybody in the South. Yeah. Kevin Seedorf. It's amazing. Those fruit stands end up being tourist attractions. In fact, I remember driving, I guess going up 95 or 75 in my young life and, and, uh, just seeing signs, uh, two miles to, uh, Jose's fruit stand, one mile mm. to Jose's fruit stand. Don't miss Jose's fruit stand. <laughs> okay, right. it's, I got to go it's, there. It's, 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 I think it's part of the experience. Like, um, you know, back before, uh, you know, people had, but everyone had cell phones and they had stuff to do when they were in the car. You know, before uh, before the 2000s, that was kind of the highlight of your trip. Yeah. You know, was, was maybe getting the fruit stand. Now, um, it's, you know, people got their cell phones, they got their iPhones, they got all kinds of stuff they can do. They got literally Wi-Fi in the car. Like, oh, I yeah. work at Panama City Toyota, and, you know, most of the new Toyotas have, you can get Wi-Fi in the car. So, it, it's it's definitely, for those of us who uh, grew up as a kid, teenager before the 2000s, um, you know, it wasn't definitely as fun driving. So, I, I can see why they, they put, and I think they still do all that stuff up, right? You still see them out there. This portion of the podcast brought to you by Panama City Toyota. Come see Kevin Seedorf. Yeah. Get a car yeah. <laughs> with yeah. Wi-Fi. Get a, get a Toyota, man. Get a, get a Toyota. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's but that's that's the technology these days. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like it's um, it's amazing because people will come in and they'll be like, you know, I ask them, hey, you know, what do you want? In a vehicle, I definitely want power windows and power locks. Those things are standard. I've been standard for years. But for those of you who remember, I, my, my first car was a 2000. Uh, this was the first one that I actually financed. My dad co-signed. It was a 2000 Ford Focus. And we, we paid less to have the roll-up windows. Come on. I suspected by 2000 that, that would have been a thing of the past. Well, hey, man, people still ask about CD players, you know, and, and, and you're like, Does Grandpa, a what's a CD player? player? Um, <laughs> I, I kind of, I'm like, well, it's, it's CD players are kind of going the route of A-tracks and cassette tapes. <laughs> Great and Grandpa, like, what's an A-track? <laughs> right, but people still, and it's typically people, you know, over the age of 50, um, but uh, I remember I was complaining about the roll of windows, and then, of course, there was an older guy, he was in his 40s at the time, he was like, yeah, well... My first car, AC wasn't even an option. You had to pay extra for AC. So, uh, I guess it, it, you know, it's it's uh, you go through the decades and you take different things for granted. So by by the two thousands, AC was a uh, standard. 
Kevin Seedorf, the man knows about movies, the man knows about cars. <laughs> So, yeah, hey, that's what I'm paying for the movie, man. I'm, uh, I've been saving up as a car salesman for a while. Yeah, so, uh, you know, my dad was a car salesman, and I have I had thought about it through the years about selling cars, and I, I wondered, you know, can, I, I guess you can make a decent living because you make your own your own money. If you're on commission, it's as hard as you want to work, right? Yeah, for people who are willing to work hard, um and, uh, you know, they're coachable and teachable. Yeah, I mean, here, here's the thing. At our dealership, the income goes for anywhere from 60000 to 120000 for just a car salesman. Oh, that's right? great. Depending on how much you sell. And so you think about that. It requires no education. You know, you don't need any special kind of training. You can come in there uh, and do it right away. So, But the only thing is that the reason why they pay so much is because no one wants to do it. Because is it long hours? don't exactly have the... Yeah, it's long hours, and I would say next to timeshare salesmen, car salesmen have the worst reputation. (laughs) Okay, all right. Um, um, I guess my dad was a dirty used car salesman. You'd have to add that that adjective. No, you just have a bad reputation. Here's what I tell folks. It's like any other industry. Think about lawyers. Think about doctors. Most are good, but the bad ones are so bad that they give everyone else a bad reputation. Gotcha. I've, I've worked with those salespeople that will tell any <laughs> a customer anything to close the deal, and it, it, it blows up in the in the dealership, you know. So, um, I you know, most car salesmen are good, honest people, which is why uh, for people who have been doing car sales for a long time, I give my hats off to them if they're not one of two things: if they're not raging alcoholics <laughs> or. Uh, they have not lost their faith in humanity. If you can do those two things, you're awesome. <laughs> I, I think I did have one one uh, selling job when I was working at Bally's Health and Fitness. And I remember uh, I had a GM that would just say, say hey, you could uh, you could play with the credit cards a little bit. Just uh, just do a little a, a little fake uh, a, a, a little fake number there, a fake approval, and uh, it'll go right through. And that always blew up in the face. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's those things. Uh, and then when you get up to, uh, you know, car sales and stuff like that, some of these can be criminal. Uh, for example, when, when a bank gets an approval, sometimes they, they want to see if the person makes the amount of income that they say they do. They'll require proof. Right. So we asked for people's recent pay stubs. There have been car salesmen in the past. And I had a guy I worked with back in the day, and he said in Alabama – they got busted for federal crime because they were they were uh, altering the pay stubs. They were cutting and pasting, <laughs> which is which is fraud. That that you're you're, you're defrauding the banks, and uh, you know you defraud the banks. Uh, the banks have pretty good connections with politicians, so uh, you know you can't really defraud the banks. You know, I, I lived in Orlando. I didn't have a license at the time, and uh, they they made my Florida permit into a license to to sell me a car. Yeah, I've seen it happen. I've been I've been on that side of the <laughs> of the deal. Yeah, but you're not that guy, Kevin Seedorf. You're a good dude, and and hey, you know you're making decent money. You know, say sixty to one twenty anywhere in that uh, in that range sounds like pretty pretty decent dough. Maybe not in uh, Miami, but maybe in Panama City, it'll stretch a little further. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know that that kind of income in Panama City. So, um, 
I'm actually the internet sales manager now. So if anyone in the Panama City area is listening, we need salespeople. We're low on our staff. Uh, um, and I don't know. I, I don't know because I think uh, you and I connected through through Tanya. Yes. Oh, yeah. Tanya She's a cosplayer. Is she and, and an actress yeah. too, right? She she got cast, man. She did really well. And this film, this film, um, the one major flaw for a, for a very small budget film, micro budget film is that it? Uh, I have a lot of acting roles in this film. There's probably about 55 to 60 speaking roles, which is not really good for micro-budget. It increases the cost, which is meant for me to having to work longer and taking longer to make this movie. Yeah, but uh, you're, you're going to end up taking the pay cut more than anybody else, right? Uh, that's usually what happens. The, the guy with the dream, uh, yeah, the guy I with... Have, man, <laughs> go ahead. No, the guy with the dream, you know, you, you're work, you you're working, all right, 94000 sounds like a lot of money to, to a lot of people, and that's what you're looking for on your Indiegogo, and you've, you've got it broken down there on how much of this money goes where, and really, I, I don't know what an actor gets paid. I've never been an actor in a movie that, that's ever gotten paid. I mean, I've done home movies and maybe little short movies yeah. for my friends and stuff. But, uh, yeah, maybe you could break it down for the people and, and let, let people know okay. what's it all about with this uh, Indie, Indiegogo and, and the McDojo movie. Right. Yeah, so the Indiegogo, um, we're only asking for $9,000. The reason why is because most of the money has been raised. Um, so a lot of the actors, they're, they're working for, um, you know, I think pretty much like actors minimum wage um, and – uh, some of them are doing other stuff in the film for a stake in the film, uh, which is not uncommon for low budget films. But essentially, I think um, you know the, the two things at this point are, um, you know, gosh, I've, I've got most of the stuff filled. Like a hair and makeup artist and lighting technician. So uh, essentially, the um, you asked me to break it down, and, and, and like so many things are running through my mind because there's so many different breakdowns. That, um, well, can you get more specific, like the actress part? The, no, no, just to, the, you know, begin at the beginning, okay? When you when you get okay, the idea so to, to make a film called McDojo, and, and okay. you know, where, do, where does it go from there? I mean, it's your brainchild. I mean, how did this start, and where is it now? Okay, so it started with me and a guy from film school. He was the star of my semester one film. And he... Um, we made a very simple semester one film called Discount Counselor, <laughs> which if you type that into YouTube, I think it's like the second third that comes out. You can still see it was my semester one film. And like, like most, you know, first semester uh, film students, there were some errors made <laughs> um, in the learning curve. So just forgive the errors. Um, um, but so we, I called him up and I said, man, I got an idea for a movie. I think you'd be good for it. And we got pretty excited about it. That was Thanksgiving of 2017. Okay. So we were meeting weekly. I, I wrote the script. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a pretty, I would say comedy is my strength as a writer. What is it? What is your strength then, as a writer? Uh, I would say, you know, comedy and dialogue. So it's, oh, pretty, okay. it's a community. It, I would say, I tell folks, if you like movies like super bad and clerks, it's that kind of humor. Dig it. All right. So, I wrote the script, uh, and then we, our idea was that we didn't know anything about Indiegogo, we didn't know anything about raising funds. We just said, bro, bro let's just do it right now. So we submitted uh, auditions for Backstage, and we, our idea was we were going to 
make a preview film while we did auditions, and then we were going to raise ungodly amounts of money. We didn't really know how crowdfunding worked at the point, at that point. And uh, we had the auditions. People were super enthusiastic. We literally, I think, just nationwide, there was over 2,000 people from all over New York, LA. Of course, the film, uh, we don't really have the money to fly everybody else. We we're trying to get the talent in Nashville because I was living in Nashville at the time. Right. Um, we had this idea that if we just, no, no marketing, no nothing, we're just going to place it so Indiegogo will be so awesome and everyone will donate. And that's not really how it works. <laughs> Well, now, how how early did you hold auditions? All right, you had this script. How long April, is the script? April, April, okay, the, the script is a, is a is typical for a comedy film. Comedy films, you generally don't want to go too long. So, um, the script is about ninety pages. Okay, and um, the first auditions were April of two thousand and eighteen. We thought we were going to film. Uh, by August of 2018, because we thought we were going to get all kinds of money for the movie, and well, we that, did. That's pretty um, quick, so Kevin. You, you went from from 2017, early 2017, from idea. No, no, no. Thanks, th- Thanksgiving 2017. Oh, so late 2017, and already in the beginning of 2018, you had this thing going. So this is passion. Okay, you had an idea, and it exploded off your mind onto a onto 90 pages. And then you, uh, you, you said, let's, let, let's hold some auditions. And how many people did you and, cast at that point? Uh, we, we cast a few. And I, I feel bad because we were talking about the movie McDojo. And a lot of people who are listening probably don't even know what McDojo is. Oh, we'll get so to I, that. I, I, or if you want to we'll explain to what McDojo is, you could do that right okay. now. Okay, so McDojo is a uh, martial arts gym that teaches people fighting techniques that have little or no practical application in a real-life fight. It got its name by combining McDonald's with Dojo because they hand out black belts like McDonald's hands out cheeseburgers. <laughs> okay, this is what I was thinking. This is exactly what the, the title tells me. You know, it, it sounded like a, a McDonald's. Well, hey, not that McDonald's is bad. It's a, They've served billions and billions of burgers, so they're doing something right. But... Yes, the, that that you're handing them out like McDonald's burgers. I get it. Oh, that's fantastic, yeah. man! And how, is that okay. how the idea started with you and your and your uh, classmate? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I've always for for about a year or a year and a half before, I had always loved McDojo's, and there was a a guy called McDojo Life on Instagram. I love watching stuff about people who believe in that fake crap. So. Anyways, I, I came up with a movie, and the movie, for it to work, I knew that it couldn't just be a comedy, a, a, a karate spoof. Okay. You know, I wasn't really big into spoof movies. I wanted to be a legit um, comedy that focused on the con, right? The con artist and the people who are getting con, the mentality of both and the effects on both. And so it grew into something pretty special when I was writing it. And people could feel in the synopsis that I, I put out there. People were um, messaging me from L.A., from New York, and all these places. Um, and it was really cool seeing people audition with the lines uh, uh, with the lines that I wrote. And they're, they're very, very enthusiastic. So we cast, I would say, so of the first auditions, they were cold. I only cast one person, but I had callbacks. After the callbacks, I had about 10 people out of the 60. Out of 60. That, that we cast. Okay, 
So that still left a lot, and we realized that me and another guy, that man, this is going to take a lot more work than what we thought it was going to take. He ended up moving to uh, California, got a new agent, and with the uncertain uh, change of dates, he had to drop out of the project, and that oh. stunk. Um, so, yeah, he was the other lead actor in the film, and that, that hurt. At the same time, I wished him well, and I understood why he, he, he wanted to leave, because there was no certainty, and he had an agent that needed certainty. Well, it's so, easy. I think it's easier to get into a movie in California, you know, uh, but, uh, hey, you got a dream and you, you got, uh, a few people backing you up, Kevin Seedorf continue. Yeah, man. So, uh, so after that, I was like, okay, I will move this, uh, to April of 2000 and, uh, and 19 and, I was going to do it in my hometown of Panama City because Panama City, I get locations for free and I get a lot of extras for free. Nashville, I just, I didn't really know the place that well. They were going to charge me arm and a leg. So, so wait, how, then, how do you get places for free? Because you knew the people or because it, it was guerrilla filmmaking? Um, because I because I knew the people and their excitement about being in a movie. Excellent. Um, while, while Nashville's not exactly a movie hub, um, they're not so you know, it's music city, man. So they're not so thrilled with the concept that they're going to let you do it for free at any time you want. Um, and like the gym we were going to use, they were charged like a hundred bucks an hour, which was going to equal about hours. I need like four grand. And, uh, the Mark sauce gym I have here is for free. Yeah. I, I suspect Kevin Seedorf. It's also their tourism. They, they don't need the, the shot in the arm that maybe Panama city would need, you know, Hey, you're going to do a lot for Panama city. If you film it there on location. Exactly. And especially, um, so then hurricane Michael came, um, oh. which was, which, which ruined, I mean, if for those who aren't from Panama city and have never been there, I mean, the devastation is still a disaster zone. The people who have lived here, we've kind of gotten accustomed to it, but it's going to probably be 20, 20 years. We're exactly the same, uh, in terms of the trees, the homes, probably five to 10 years. Mm. So, it completely wrecked the place, and there was no way I was going to be able to do it in April of 2019. So, well, I, I Kevin, it on, back. on a personal note, how did you and your family uh, fare on, I, I, with Hurricane Michael? Okay, so fortunately, um, I have extended family that I, that I could stay with. Oh, super! And that that was a big thing, man. Because if not for them, um, I would have had to move away, and the movie probably would would have gotten off track for a long, long time. So. I had extended family. Nobody got hurt. Um, but your place got wrecked? Uh, a lot of damage. What's that? Yeah, it, it did, man. Um, oh. It got fixed eventually. Yeah. Um, and I, I still have two, my 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 sister and her family, and then uh, my dad and then my stepmom, they're still fighting with the insurance company. Oh, I know my dad's oh. got representation. So that's a big thing here, man. People still fight with their insurance companies. Um, so long story short, there was no way I could film it in April of 2019. Nope. And so I had to move it back till the end of the year. And my thought was, okay, most of my actors are in Atlanta. Atlanta's a big hub. I'll do Atlanta. And then Atlanta, they were still charged a lot of money. And my two scouts just couldn't dedicate the time. Yeah. So I had to move it up until um, uh, the spring of 2020. We're going to film it. The first day of filming is Star Wars Day. You know what day that is. Oh, yeah. May May the 4th be with you. May the 4th through the 24th. Those are our days of filming. 
And Panama City has rebuilt lightning speed. The community's really come together. And, uh, you know, we, we got most of the locations, a lot of enthusiastic people to help us out. I'm still, my biggest challenge at this point is filling the roles that I need to fill. I'm, I'm still going to have to do a lot of work for casting uh, for the roles that still need to be filled. But Tanya, back to Tanya, uh-huh. um, some of this is going to be people who have never acted before, and you don't really need that so much for like the one line is like a waitress who is, Hey, can I take your order? Uh, Tanya has a pretty big role and she did really well in the audition. She was really focused. She had really good chemistry with the guy that we did. And I thought to myself, you know what, man, this film is a chance and I'm going to take a chance uh, on Tanya and man, what she's done so far for this project uh, and all she's brought to the table is one of the best decisions I've made so far. Yeah, she's great. I mean, you, you say she's not an actress, but she's been doing this cosplay thing for a while. And I, I consider all these cosplayers that, that, is, I, that I meet up acting, with. Right. Yeah. It, it is not, not to say that that's not acting. She just hasn't been in films is, is what I meant by that. Right, right, right. Um, no, I get it. So so she's perfect because she's hungry to uh, go out here and do it. But she has some experience playing, you know, uh, different characters. So that was a huge fun that was a very, very big uh, role to fill because in all the scenes in the movie, for me, that's the funniest scene in the movie that she's in. Oh, that's great. So it's, it's yeah. Awesome for her. And we're real excited uh, to have Tanya part of it. I still have a lot of people to cast. Um, so in terms of the budget, I would say the biggest portion of the budget goes to the actors. And here's why. Yeah. Uh, could I get a lot of people to do it for free? I could, but this film is dialogue heavy and it relies on the acting. You know, we don't have a big budget. We don't have uh, special, uh, all this big equipment, all that kind of stuff. It's going to rely on the dialogue and the acting. Now, Kevin Seedorf, so, you mentioned Clerks earlier, and uh, Kevin Smith originally wrote the the part of, uh, was it uh, the clerk himself was, was going to be Kevin Smith, but it was t- so much dialogue. Did you write this movie did you write any parts for yourself or are you just are you going to be the director uh, solely um i am I'm, I'm one of the two main characters oh okay that's a lot of work that's a lot of work to be uh, to direct yourself as one of the main characters yeah so fortunately i have a man who was my director of photography and has directed himself this guy's done really well for himself um his name is marcus wells excellent and he, after film school, he moved to L.A., and he's filmed some of his, his own projects, some series. He was um, on the, uh, a couple projects he was on. He was on The First Purge. Oh, okay. He worked as a production assistant for Dolmite Is My Name. If you're Excellent. A yes. Um, I like that movie, he, man. His day job is editing videos for The Wolf of, of uh, Wall Street. Excellent. So the guy, he does every, he, he's a true film school guy. Like he, film school, they train you in everything. They train you in lighting. They train you in editing. They train you in directing, uh, at least at the New York Film Academy, because New York Film Academy to me is all about immersion. So he's going to be my director of photography, but kind of 
unofficially a director to direct me. Right. They're, they're, you're so, giving the people gems because there's, I always see second unit, third unit. They could be off uh, shooting so, shooting another scene or, or some B-roll or something. You know, I, you're, you're giving the people a little little idea behind the scenes of how a film is, is made in that respect. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's one of the big, when people ask me, like, hey, man, is it worth going to film school and spend $100,000? Here's what I tell them. Um, and just to be very clear, uh, second semester I left film school because I didn't want to get super much in debt. And I saw my best, I saw my best route as, uh, selling up, you know, going back to selling stuff and raising money for our own movie. But he, he actually finished it in two years. And people ask me, is film school worth it? I, here's what I tell them. All, technically, everything you could learn from film school, you can learn on either YouTube, um, or books, you know, um, you could save the money, you could go you to know, film school, bought the equipment and film your own movie. The benefit of film school is you're getting hands-on instruction from people who have been there, but also, uh, connections, yeah. the networking. And they put it all into a curriculum. I, I, you know, I say the same thing about radio school, went to Connecticut school of broadcasting. Could I have done, could I have been on the radios, uh, as long and as often? Yes, I could have, but yes, they give you all those. In fact, they give you a little TV. They give you a little, uh, a, a little editing. They give you all these little, little skills that yes, you could have learned them on YouTube, but you would have had to spend the time, is it worth the hundred thousand? Hmm, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, look, if you make that one connection and that, that freaking connection, it makes it big and says, Hey man, I can trust you. You paid for it right there. So, um, you know, when this movie does well, who benefited more from the connection, me or him, I don't know. It doesn't matter <laughs> because the movie's going to be awesome. So, so is um, it who, you know, often, often it is, it, man, that's the reality of life. You know, um, <laughs> I, I wish it, it, it's a reality, but you know what? A part of who you know is people who see your work ethic and what you do, and can you keep your word? Oh, yeah. Um, this guy has a strong work ethic. He keeps his word. I have a strong ethic. I keep my word. So, you know, we, we connected, man. We did really well. As a, as, um, we had a four-person team for the, uh, the student films. Uh-huh. And uh, the other two people weren't available to be there the whole time, so so he and I did the whole thing, and we made it to where it was. I was told this years later that my semester one film was still. Uh, this is what they told told me. I don't have like a poll or anything. Right. They said it was still the most popular one for semester one films. Hey, that's great. That's high praise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's good to be it's good to be recognized, and that's your yeah. your first step to where you uh, next is the Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah i mean it was a student film but uh i kept it simple man i didn't try to do too much stuff and uh there was it was a funny little scene um but he was there man he was good with the lighting he was good with other stuff and um he knows it's a low budget film he's gonna come with his own equipment uh most most likely and we're gonna be doing a, you know, a lot of stuff together on this so Real excited to have him. That uh, that is good. That is a good connection, Kevin Seedorf. You, you know, you you have the passion, and you're spreading it. Your your enthusiasm is is contagious. I can already tell that. And I've only been speaking to you for just I don't know half hour or so, 
And I, I can mm-hmm. feel that you are very passionate about this project, man. And it's going to happen, now, you know, by hook or by crook. Now, you say you have most of the of the funds that you need already raised. How did how did that happen? Was it all Indiegogo or did you, did you find other no, other sources? No, most of it was me uh, just uh, being successful at selling cars. Go get them, Kevin. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, look, I, I you know, I, th- th- there's different routes you can take to success. And at this point in my life, the most direct route to get this movie made was, uh, you know, do I enjoy being a car salesman? I wish I could say yes. I mean, look, in Panama City, the best place to work at would, would, would be the place I work at. Good. Uh, you know, for the for the most part, I mean, it's a solid it's a solid company. Uh, it's solid people that you work with, and you know, Toyota's not going anywhere. Yeah, I heard so, you talking about Toyotas. You were pretty passionate about that. As long as you believe in what you're selling, hey, I believe I believed in health and fitness. That's why I went to Bally's and sold that. And if you believe in cars, yeah. believe in Toyotas in particular, <laughs> yeah, you're going to do just fine, and you're doing fine. But you're you're not using OPM. You're not using other people's money. This is so dangerous, man. You are, uh, I mean, so such a, a risk. You're using your own money to fund this. This is how passionate you are, Kevin Seedor. Well, yeah, man. I mean, I, I believe in the project, and it, it's exciting being with the actors who believe in the project as well. Um, you know, some of them have been there since, you know, for six months. Some of them have been there for um, almost two years now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're getting to the point where it's going to happen. And, you know, we, we expect this to go Napoleon Dynamite. You know, we expect it to be an independent film that goes out there and, and just has worldwide uh, recognition and distribution. Um, could I have thrown it by now? If I wanted to save a bunch of money, sure. I, I could have saved money on actors, on, um, you know, the crew and stuff like that. But I... I'm willing to wait a couple years to do the to to uh, do it the right way. Yeah, and we're I gonna mean, do it the it, right way. It would have it would have shown if you'd have done it with a shoestring budget, where it would have been very haphazard, thrown together. Now Robert Rodriguez did that when when he did the mariachi, you know, just to kind of show it out there, and then they made this full length uh, film with Antonio Banderas, which is kind of what I'm feeling with you. Did you? Did you said that you you were going to make like a test film? Is that something that you did? Uh, maybe like uh, no, a, a we smaller did. version? We, you know, yeah, we did it. We did a preview film, but it was only one day. Okay. It was only one day and about five or six minutes. And what's um, the advantage of that? Well, we, we we thought if we just put it out there, people would be like, "Oh my god, this is so awesome." And we're going to give you money. That's not really how crowdfunding works. <laughs> okay, um, okay, that's what you were trying so to explain to me earlier. Yeah, that's right. You, yeah, crowdfunding. You got to build the audience over time, and that's why. Look, I asked for a very small amount, nine thousand dollars, which was, uh, you know, friends and family, and then, um, you know, the, the rest from there. And um, I, 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 tell, I tell folks. I told folks on there that most of my been raised. We're just looking for a little help for the finish line. That said, I mean, the movie's going to get made. Oh, I guess I read it wrong. Get- I thought it was 94000 that you were looking for. No, just 9000 Oh, 
Okay, well, that's a, a, a lot easier. Um, you, looked, you looked, okay, you looked at, there were, <laughs> you looked at the first attempt in 2018. Okay. You didn't look at the 2019. Okay, so that, that was one of the mistakes I made. Um, and I, the people who were involved in the project, when I told about my plans for the new one, uh, the new Indiegogo, I told them I did everything you could. Or more. I literally read a book by uh, someone who studies successful crowdfunding, and I pretty much did everything wrong. Uh, the first crowdfunding, and that was one of the things is that I just threw out this crazy number that I didn't really need and hope that people would just start throwing money at it, and it didn't work. But no, nine thousand. You got you got to look at the second one because the second one is nine thousand. It has the actors who have been cast on there. Oh, okay. And it has a better description of it. Uh, well, I, I sure didn't find that one. That th- when I looked up your name, you know, this is one of the the top things that came up on Google was the Indiegogo that you were looking for. <laughs> The, you the, know, unsuccess, the, un, the unsuccessful one. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it does give me a little idea of what the movie's about and gives me a little uh, you know, overview of what the, this is. And, and it gives me a little idea about you as well uh, on that one. But uh, you say yeah. that there's a, a whole other one. Go, go to Indiegogo and type in McDojo, and you'll see it's the, the, mo- the most current one. Um. We've raised um, way, way more than the first one. Oh, that's great. So, um, you know, man, the actors have really been working hard uh, on it. And um, it's exciting because it's going to be, once it gets cast, and this is my main focus the next four months, is the actors who haven't been cast. But the actors who have been cast are awesome. Um, Some of them are very, very experienced, like Christina Lytle. Some of them, like Tanya, um, are not so much experienced in film, but they're very talented and hungry. So the combination, man, when it comes together, you're going to see it on film. And I I literally will spend every dollar I have for this movie because I know it's going to be successful when the final product comes out. Oh, I'm so excited for you. So, all right, so where do we go from here? I mean, what's what's next on the agenda for McDojo? You have 10 out of 60 uh, cast. Uh, where are you at now? I, I, you know, it was supposed okay, to be. So, yeah, go ahead. No, there, there's, there's roughly there's roughly 20 out of the 30 paying roles that I'm that I'm that I'm working on. Gotcha. Um. So the 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 30 roles that are not going to be paid are going to be friends and family and local people, which I've already had overwhelming uh, response on those. I just haven't selected who I wanted. Like the, out of the 60 speaking roles, roughly about 30 of them um, are just like one liners or literally some of them are even one word. Okay. Right. Like, hello. So that's not going to be too difficult. The, the biggest focus is on like the 10 to 15 that I'm willing to pay for. Uh, to get those cast. Yeah, I love And the, also... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and also to have backup plans in case there's a scheduling conflict uh, for some of the other actors who have been cast. I love the tears on your Indiegogo. It just... It, it makes me giggle a little bit. Some of them... I mean, you got, you know, $10 for the shout-out, 25 for a DVD, you know, and it goes all the way up to, like, a signed script for 200 You could You could be an extra for 500 It's... Pretty cool. I mean, and and actually, this is probably money that you 
you know, one of them is like uh, you could be a producer for for three grand, and I think you'd have to to put that that forth if you needed to uh, if you wanted to be a producer, you, you would have to be able to raise at least that that amount of money. But it's, oh, yeah, I'm, I mean, look, it, it's there for anyone yeah. who understands the project and wants to get their foot in the door because you look at what we're doing and and, that, and a lot of the actors now have discussed this. Let's say for whatever reason, the movie is not as financially successful as we plan for to have a quality film under your belt. Right. For me personally, I will no longer be a first time director. Correct. Hey, here's my film. I have a quality film for you as you know, an actor producer. Hey, look, I played uh, a really great role in a quality film. I was a part of that project. That's a big deal. So I put it out there for folks who, um, you know, want a direct route. Look, you could move out to LA, you know, pay the thousand to fifteen hundred, two thousand $2,000 a month in rent oh, yeah. and go through the years seeing this, or you could have a direct route by just buying your way into this film. Yeah. And you're going to get IMDB credit, which is gold for a lot of, uh, you know, starting exactly uh, for people starting out in this business. This is, uh, fantastic i don't have an imdb credit <laughs> if you if you get involved with mcdojo you might get an imdb credit how about that <laughs> you know can anybody else offer you that nope probably not exactly and you can go to uh to film school and spend you know a hundred dollars to get your producer stuff and then you can start from the beginning yep uh and then work your way up <laughs> or you could just you know Pay three thousand and get your IMDb credit and get started that way. So, um, you know, coming from a guy who went to film school and seeing people go to film school and spend all this kind of money, and they spend all that money, and then they have to start their way at the bottom. You know, I think there's a lot of people who look at this and say, if they knew what they had known before they gone in, they would have taken this. I'll put it that way. Yeah. So you mentioned your your mom and dad and your and your family. What do they think about your endeavors uh, getting into this? And and are they trying to get involved? Uh, you know, uh, what, Man, what, what's the support there? They've always been supportive of me. Um, I don't think they they liked it when I uh, was 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 younger and wanted to uh, leave the country for for a long time. <laughs> you know, and that that's a good thing. I, they, they shouldn't like it because they want to see their son. They love their son. Right. Um, but I say, hey, I want to go to Spain for a while. I want to go to Mexico for a while. Uh, I want to go to you know different parts of the country. I want to do this. Um, while they would love to have me at home, um, they were always supportive of that. And they're they're very supportive of this. So what what year did you graduate high school? What's that? What year did you graduate high school? Uh, I am the class of 99. 99. Okay. All right. And then you went straight to college from there or you went and traveled from there? That was my dad's influence. I went straight to college. Okay. He wanted me to go straight to college, get a degree. So I, I found the kind of compromise when I was at University of Florida and they had a study abroad program, a fair really. Oh, okay. And there are people from all these different countries they're like, you should come here, you should come here. I got the fever. I want to learn all these different regions. I want to go all these different countries. Um, well, he wasn't excited. I think he kind of knew he brought it on himself, you know. So, uh, you know, he, he's the one that made me go to college. So even though I wanted to go straight to film school, uh, he just wanted me to get, get a degree in something. And I got it. 
and studied abroad and, and just absolutely loved it. What did you end up with? A, a degree in what? Okay, so I majored in psychology most of my career. I minored in Spanish, and okay. then last semester, last semester, I switched it to a degree in Spanish because I did not want to take uh, pre-calculus to get my psychology degree. My first love was psychology, and, and yes, that was my first major when I started at Broward College. So, yeah, I, I, you know, but then I, I, I guess I switched it up to communications and radio eventually. So, yeah, that's what I ended up with. But, uh, you know, <laughs> you never know where you're going to end up. So, eh, habla español. I mean, I, I mean, look, I it, it's a little deceiving because a, a degree in Spanish is kind of uh, – misleading because i was a, a psychology major for most of the time right oh okay i mean but do you still you do speak spanish right i do and i can say this you know for all the people who get de- uh, degrees that are not related yeah. to the jobs they've had the money the commission i've made off of spanish-speaking customers is more than what i spend in college so there you go in a way i kind of get did get something related to my degree because of what uh what i can speak yeah i'm half cuban and i've gotten so many jobs that i'm not qualified for because i speak spanish okay so (laughs) hey for all the kids out there learn another language you know and what can you do with your spanish degree besides what you're doing i guess you could be a spanish teacher i guess (laughs) yeah that's the thing about oh why do you why didn't you, uh, you why don't you teach Spanish? And, you know, right. and I taught English. I'm like, well, maybe because I make four times as much. As the salesman. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> hey, and the children are our future for all the teachers that are listening. God bless you and good on you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, you gotta, you had to make some cash, man. You're trying to make a movie, Kevin Seedorf. Oh, and, and for the teachers immediately after, uh, college, I taught English in Spain. So I was a teacher, by the way. That's cool, man. I, I was, cool. I, I was, I was a teacher, and I wanted to be a teacher for like a couple years. Yeah. But uh, okay, so before I was a teacher, um, I went to Spain in the fall after I graduated. In the summer, I got my first like real sales job, which was uh, a big company called Southwestern, which has been around for 150 years. Is that and the, the airline? They no, oh. that's Southwest. Southwestern okay. is, is is the book and CD selling company. So they market educational products directly to the homes of families. Cool. So they, they, they get college students, they get them in small groups, they send them in different parts of the country to sell door. Essentially, it's, it's door-to-door, but you have a, a way uh, to make it kind of not door-to-door, which is a different discussion, but... <laughs> uh, you essentially market products to families' homes, and I did really well. And before I went to Spain, my uh, sales manager said, "Hey, man, you got a you got a, a skill that uh, pays, man. So you should come back and and grow, make some more money, and travel again." Yeah. So instead of staying in Spain and teaching for a few years, I, I came back and uh, became a sales manager for that for that company at the age of twenty five. Excellent, man. He's a go getter. Kevin Seedorf. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, look, not, hey, I was a teacher myself, so nothing wrong with that. Just uh, based on my goals in life, I need a little more funds than uh, what a teacher makes. Oh, so, fantastic, yeah. I, I, but, but technically, I fall in the 
of um, Americans who get a job related to me because I did get a job teaching English as a foreign language, so that technically puts me in the 12% of getting a job related to their degree within six months of graduation. Well, all right, man. You did it. You did it. <laughs> Big round of applause, Kevin Seedorf. <laughs> exactly. And, and forgive me, like, sniffing my nose. I'm getting over a head cold. <laughs> oh, man. I, you sound good from this uh, from this side. Uh, the uh, I guess the, uh, yeah, sound quality is just fine. All right, so all right, you're, you're, you're telling me about, all right, making a movie, making McDojo. Uh, it came from you uh, late in 2017. You started to, to get people together early in 2018. Hurricane Michael stopped you from making this movie at the beginning of this year. So you were all ready to, to start production, uh, officially uh, start rolling film. I guess it's not film anymore. It's digital, right? Oh, yeah, I'm doing digital. Yeah. I don't have the money to film. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and you know, that lowers the cost a little bit, but I know that there's cameras. I, I Let's see, I went to, I went, I re-went to broadcasting school to kind of re-up a little bit back in 2003, and they had already had this, uh, this Canon, this little Canon S1, or was it, no, it might have been the S2 was starting to come, oh, it was going to come out. No, but the S1, and they were already making movies on that thing, and they were so impressed with it. I mean, I, w- what kind of equipment is it that, that you have, or or I guess you have your friend bringing it from, from California, lugging it all the way over here. I mean, what, what is it taking to, to make a, 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 a digital film? I, I mean, and I know that they could make oh it on God, an iPhone. <laughs> they could make it, it on an it's, iPhone it's if you had to, yeah. It's so easy these days, man. There's a, you can go to lensrentals.com and they will ship it to you with the insurance on it. Wow. Um, it, it's easy. It, it's, it's, it's so much different. And because of the lowered cost of production, it's, uh, there's so many more movies being made. Right. Which is good for the filmmakers. At the same time, more movies are being made. There's a lot of low quality movies being made. That is correct. So, so when I see people, I, oh, you don't have any equipment? Well, shoot it on your iPhone. Well, it's going to freaking suck yeah. probably on your iPhone most likely because of the sound uh, and, and the lighting. So, you know, could I have shot this for, you know, five to 10000 on my cell phone? Yeah, but it wouldn't have been good. Yeah, um, I say so, that there was a, a film made on the iPhone 3 or 4. But they had a lot of attachments on that phone, you know, including uh, an outside microphone and and shading yeah, exactly, uh, you know, different exactly. filters yeah. and such. So yeah, it wasn't yeah, just yeah, the phone. Yeah, yeah when, when they talk about successful movies on the iPhone, you're typically not hearing all the story. There's typically more equipment that was involved that you didn't hear about. So just take it from your cell phone and record it. It's going to be super low quality. And my thing is this, you know, my first full-length film isn't going to be crap. Uh, so I, I want the equipment. And more importantly, I want the actors there. And I've, I've searched very hard to get the actors who are currently involved and who are going to be involved. There's a lot of funny scenes in the movie. There's a lot of awesome scenes. Right. And... I'm not going to save money by getting act, you know, local, local actors for free who are subpar. Um, 
Yeah, or, you've already done all that you know, in film school. You made your shorts. I mean, how many shorts did you make in school? Yeah, I mean, the New York Film Academy is the best, man. You make like five shorts your first semester. Oh, it's and crazy. each one's like, what, five minutes long? Or is it like a scene? I don't know. The, the first one was the mise-en-scene, which is like one minute. Yeah. Then you go a little bit farther. But, uh, yeah, New York Film Academy is what I chose because the hands-on immersing. That's great. And uh, that's, where I met, that's where I met Marcus. And we, uh, we vibe pretty well together. That's cool. If you're going to do it, do it right. Okay, so shout out to New York Film Academy. And, and uh, hey, you you went as far as you needed to go uh, to get to this place where you're at now. Now, okay, what's what's next? I mean, do you have to to audition? Are there auditions coming up? What's next for your for your movie production? Uh, next is filling the rest of the roles as my primary concern. We're at a very good stage right now. Okay, and how are you going to fill those roles? Well. I'm going to have to, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to auditions. I'm going to have to advertise in different ways. Um, I've only gone through one route that's backstage. I've been told by um, some actors there are better ways and more ways to reach people. Cool. Um, I've also reached out to actors who are involved, and they have offered uh, some people who may be good. I may have to go nationwide and find some people in, but that's my biggest concern right now is filling the additional roles that uh, need to be filled. Um, you know, most of the small roles will not be an issue. Um, so at this point, primarily it's the acting, uh, securing down the locations and May is going to be an awesome month. It'll be probably one of the most fulfilling months of my life. And then after that, it'll be, uh, post-production. So how do you come up with a 20 day filming, uh, schedule is it something that you have storyboarded out or i mean i'm guessing you learned this yeah, in, yeah, in film school uh, I, I can make that film in 20 days okay got it why okay how well the film technically could be filmed in nine or ten days okay um but here's a big problem with uh low budget films is that it is the acting and it's not because you don't have good actors. It's not because um, you have a bad script. It's because you spent so much effort and time on production. You have no time to focus on the acting. That's why I'm moving it out to 20 days. Mm. Well, you know, the thing so, is, anybody who, anybody involved with any project any movie project especially an indie project that doesn't have a lot of money you better you you and this is for the actors that are out there that are thinking maybe i can be in this mcdojo film you got to come prepared be completely off book by the time day one filming starts you know it the kevin seedorf doesn't have the money for you to be taking take after take after take not knowing your lines am i correct in all that well, yeah, yes and no. Um, you absolutely must be prepared. That is absolutely right. Um, the the extra time I prepared allows us room for not just error, but to try different things. Um, now, in order for us to try different things, you got to be prepared. You got to know your line. So, yeah, pretty much, pretty much, yeah. I, this is not going to work if actors do not have their lines rehearsed. And this is a, a part of the very very hardcore focus on the actors um i did cold auditions where they didn't see the lines 
I did one of auditions where they knew the lines, and the people who have been here are not only talented and good, but they're professional. So, I mean, I'm so excited about the people that I have. I could go on and on about them. You go on the Indiegogo website, you can you can get a little bit about them. Yeah. Go on the Facebook McDojo movie or the Instagram McDojo movie. Um, you can learn a little bit about them. But yeah, now, I, I do not have the budget to reshoot yeah. for another 10 days. I, and that's why I'm so picky is I got to have the right people. Some of the people I've had to let go uh, because I have, you know, scheduled calls and they miss the calls about warning. Um, and and it, it's a bad sign, man, you know? Yeah, if they're not going to show up now, they probably won't show up on, on the day you really need them. You know, so yeah, I've been talking to Kevin Seedorf, the director, Kevin Seedorf, the casting director. Let's talk to Kevin Seedorf, the writer. Your words, man, are they tight or are you going to let the actors improvise a little bit or does it have to be word for word what Kevin Seedorf wrote? That's what uh, I got. That's, that's one of the, excuse me, that's one of the main things I got out of film school is, um, you know, before film school, when I was in my, you know, most of my first semester, they had to get every word down to the penny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned not just from my experience, but from the teachers, that can affect the performance. So I'm all about uh, freedom. You know, I, I tell actors, I'm not married to the words. Mm. If you're feeling it, you're in the moment, go for it. That said, you know, let's try different things. You got your, you know, you want to try something, we'll try it. And then we'll try something else. One of the ways, one of the uh, things we're going to try is the script as written. Now you're giving me an idea of what kind of director you are. You're going to give me one. and, And because you've doubled the amount of days you need for filming, you can do this. You can do it maybe twice. You know, if you had to give me one, the way I wrote it now, give me one, the way you're feeling it. Is that the way you're going to be doing oh, it? I, I got, I mean, here's the thing. Look, if, if someone does it the way they, the, the, the first, the first priority is how they feel it. Right. Oh, and wait, okay. That's telling me something. The way that they you know, feel it. The way that the way, if, if they're, my main thing is this, you have to be in the moment. You have to be. Uh, in the in the scene, right? So you're yeah. focused. You're in the moment. You're in character. You, if something comes out that's different, then go for it. Absolutely. All right. All right. But we're gonna try. Well, we're gonna try something different. And no matter how awesome it is, I'm gonna try something different. All right. Um, and you know, typically, what's different is what what I wrote specifically. But I have time to try different things. That's why. I've scheduled the, the days that I have. Um, that said, in order for us to successfully try different things, you have to know your lines. And so a big part of what I've done is I've had com- you know, weekly conversations. Well, not weekly, but I scheduled them on a Sunday. And the big thing is who's on time, um, you know, who's ready for it. And I'm telling you, man, I'm working with pros. Good. I'm working with people who are younger. A lot, most people you have not heard of, but you're going to hear from them in the next few years, and it's Excellent. very exciting to have them part of this project. Well, Kevin Seedorf, what I'm hearing 
is maybe you don't need the well you do need to know the lines but you need to know the character as well you have to become that person that's how you feel it is that what you're saying exactly yeah i mean look it's organic man you're in the moment you you know what the character wants you're going for it forget the camera forget forget you know forget it all and i i found people who are comfortable with that uh, I found professionals who make the effort and also who are willing to take a few risks. Yeah. And it, it, it's going to be what I have so far is awesome. I just got to find awesome pieces who have not been uh, placed yet. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to find diamonds in the rough, man. You're going to be polishing some people uh, off. I, I can see it, man. I, I, I see nothing but good things here. I'm, I'm hearing this project. I'm excited, man. And it's not even my project. You're just chit-chatting on a on a podcast about it. Hopefully, get drumming up some more interest in it. And uh, Kevin Seedorf, man, I, you know what's I mean? What's the next uh, What's the next plan? I mean, do you have anything lined up? Do you have a, a schedule of uh, of auditions lined up, or any place, or I mean, or, or just uh, follow you on the Facebook? Okay, so. I'm going to uh, let it chill for the rest of the month. And okay. then in January, I'm going to post for Atlanta auditions. And I'm also going to post uh, nationwide. At this point, I'm okay with uh, accepting uh, accepting um, video auditions. Oh, cool. Mo- most of it at this point has been I have to be there in person. Uh, based on you know what we need in the town that's needed, um, and my my time frame, I'm open to some video auditions. Uh, I'm going to try with Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta is a huge talent hub, and I've been told that I've only tapped into about twenty percent of talent with just going with backstage. That's what I've been told. Yeah, I think half so, of Walking Dead is is people just townspeople from Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, I know. I and that's that, that's what frustrated me because. I thought at this point I would be fully casted right? and to have a bunch of roles. Um, I, I thought it would be done right now, but I've been told, Hey man, you just went to one source and you need to go to the source. That's my thing. You know, I got, I got my talents. I got my, my skills and my focus. Uh, this kind of stuff is not my forte. No, you still have some, you know, some kind of a learning curve. Hey, it, uh, look, it, it's, it sounds like a great, project but it is your first project man <laughs> you are still learning and people gotta yeah, uh, gotta I mean, bear with you on that i bro my goal is to uh make this successful and then this other stuff um you know people arranging auditions locating the talent and stuff like that that's uh you know done by other people at this point i'm doing everything myself yeah. and um i i, I just you know, maybe I'll drop the ball by now. Go to more sources. I'm still learning. Oh, you got this, um, man. You got this. <laughs> I, hey, I, we're, we're, we're focused. Um, hopefully, I can fill everything either in Atlanta, uh, Nashville, or Orlando, which are people within driving distance. Yeah, because um, you don't have the, um, the budget to be flying people out or even having them stay with you too long. Yeah, uh, hopefully you have a, a I few mean, blankets. I, I, you know, man, yeah, I, I got places set up for for lodging. Uh, the, 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 the the flying tickets. Um, I got to limit those. 
because uh, those yes. are adding up. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, at the same time, man, I gotta have the right actors. Um, yeah. I, I can't do I, I can't do subpar acting for this because uh, the movie just needs great actors, and I got great actors so far. I can't ruin it with just getting you know someone who's not that good and you know does stuff for a local theater or whatnot. So. I, I, I got to resource that. No, you're doing it right, man. You're, you take your, you're taking your time with it. You, yes, you could have uh, shot it with a cell phone and it would have been terrible. Now you're taking your time. You're learning some things. You're putting things down in order. You already have a schedule that, that you're going to work in 20 days. And, you know, I wouldn't even know to put uh, there's, I mean, I, I've never made a movie, but I wouldn't know that you could schedule a movie in 20 days. I, I thought they all took years to make, uh, you know, but, uh, oh, no, man. I'm learning. Dude, look at Netflix. Look at, look at Netflix, man. Yeah. Look at how quickly they make their movies. It's insane. Yeah. Um, and I guess animation South park, they make it weekly. Sometimes the day, be- day before a big thing happens, you know, I, I, yeah, I saw that recently that they get a storyboard they do it in a few days and it's like damn how do those guys do that <laughs> yeah. um you know something something big happens in the world and they go ooh we got to spoof that you know and bam there they go it, it's and it's awesome i mean i have uh, been a loyal follower of south park for uh, over 20 years man yeah. i was one of the originals i was in high school we were talking about how cool south park was <laughs> um i still got a, a so, south park t-shirt in my in my drawer here <laughs> Well, I, I didn't just do that. I had the South Park, uh, South Park uh, boxer shorts. Bam! One upped me. <laughs> I one upped you, man. And it was all four of them. It was, it was, it was Kenny Cartman. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. It was, it was all, it was all four of them. You know. I mean, so, stands, yeah. I mean, what, what? I mean, I, I know it's kind of late in the game here, but I mean, what influenced you to be a, a a filmmaker? Were you taking home movies of your family? Were you bothering them all, all the time, or, or I mean, uh, what told you? I, I mean, it's weird. people like ask me your influences. It's kind of like saying, "How did you develop your personality?" Well, there's Correct. so many. Just one second, man. Let me take my fifth shot of NyQuil. To be, um, <laughs> he, he's about to uh, sniffling, sneezing, sneezing, coughing, aching. How did I wake up on the floor? Yeah, people medicine. are like, damn. Damn, this guy's talking slower and slower. It's like, <laughs> what about Not after shot of NyQuil severe flu. So, um, uh, so, okay. So, ultimately, man, as a kid, it was all about Star Wars, Indiana Jones, the big flicks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that rocked my world, man, was um, when I saw Pulp Fiction as a teenager. Come on, man. Yeah. Quint- Holy crap, bro. That that made me just want to act and maybe want to write and direct. Um, that was like a massive, massive. But in turn, that fed a huge passion for just awesome cinema, awesome dialogue. At the same time, there's a passion for comedy. And Seinfeld was was just the comedy. I mean, I'm in Central Time Zone, so there was Friends at 7 p.m. and Seinfeld at 8. And Seinfeld was important, man, because I was a typical, you know, teenager, like, oh, I'm so cool, my parents are so lame at first, and then 
it was my dad who got me into Seinfeld, and I realized, man, this is the funniest stuff I've ever seen, you know? <laughs> I was like, well, okay, you know, my dad, he's not, you know, I guess he is kind of cool. I knew he was really cool, but... Uh, Come on, your dad's kind of cool. He he was the Seinfeld before I was, so I felt like I was the one. Who what was is the, the deal? <laughs> I mean, I know, like, uh, like it was... It, it was it was a poke, not a pick, right? I don't want to wear the ribbon, like all that stuff, <laughs> right? I, there was this um, charity in Panama City back in '99, I think, and my mom got a sign poster that had all the phrases, <laughs> like all of them on there. Uh, but I mean, just the show was just like the humor, man, was so freaking funny, and I mean, it was just like everyday stuff but slightly exaggerated, like the close talker, right? <laughs> the guy who talks too close. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? But, I mean, Friends was, was funny. Uh, it was just funny in a different way, how you know? Um, yeah, how you doing? You had Chandler Bing. You had Ross, who was lame but funny. And, uh, Smelly you cat. know, Monica, who was overly... Yeah, Monica, who was overly competitive. Oh, yeah. Uh you know, and just uh, was very hardcore and cleaning. I mean, it was just like the, the different personalities and how they conflicted and vibed together. I mean, it just, that was a big freaking influence for me. Um, I mean, these are these are shows that are collaborations in, uh, in um, uh, what's, uh, what am I saying? In types of people that are all mixed together. And you're, you're picking them apart with your you know, with your analytical brain uh, that you're, you're taking these, these different personality types and you're going, Hey, I can, you know, that's a, that's a character uh, type, a trait. And you're probably putting, putting these all into your, into your mental Rolodex. And that's what comes out on your paper. Yeah. I mean, you'll see with the movie, it's a bunch of different personalities, bunch of different confrontations and it's culturally, culturally uh, relevant. Yeah, uh, and the big thing this movie does, man, is it, we're going to true comedy. Is uh, true comedy is an equal opportunity employer. So, I mean, do we make fun of everyone? We make fun of men. We we make fun of women. We make fun of bro culture. Um, we make fun of uh, you know radical feminism. We make fun of everything, man. Yeah, so, as long as it's not uh, PC, uh, Kevin Seedorf. Uh, C- C- I'm I, I'm I'm not good with the PC. <laughs> I'm not good with the PC. I despise it. <laughs> good and uh, and uh, man, you you will see, you will see it. I am seriously taking my six or seven shot of Nyquil severe cloak. All right, man. Let's I close this up. <laughs> let's close this up. We'll we'll talk again after the movie goes out. Uh, uh, let the people know how, how to get a hold of you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. So, um, uh. McDojo movie, which is, um, you can find that on Instagram and Facebook, the Indiegogo campaign, just type in McDojo. It's in there. Um, look, if anybody has any questions about film school, about the filmmaking process, you can direct message me. You know, I'm all about helping people out when I can. So, uh, you know, just, just let me know. All right, Kevin Seedorf, McDojo movie. Thanks for chit-chatting with me on the What Makes You Famous podcast. Any last words for the people? 
guys just uh, watch the movie when it comes out and uh, keep watching uh, South Park. There you have it, party people. Kevin Seedorf, the McDojo film, M-C-D-O-J-O. Look it up, man, and find out more about the McDojo film. It looks like it's going to be fun. There's a, a little synopsis on the Indiegogo that tells you what the movie's about. It's uh, It looks pretty interesting, man. I'm kind of stoked. And, and yeah, it's going to be a comedy. I mean, he, the way he's explaining it, he says... Uh, He's, it's not going to be like a, a, a spoof on martial arts. I mean, there's already Kung Fu Hustle and countless others out there. So he's going to take it a little more seriously. Uh, seriously with the comedy. Yeah, serious comedy with Kevin Seedorf and the McDojo film. I'm kind of excited to see it, man. So, uh, yeah, good on you. Thank you so much, Kevin Seedorf, for being on the program, What Makes You Famous. If you want to tell your story, you, yes, you, the person listening, I encourage you. Give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email info at RadioWhat.com. That's it for me. It's KeysDan, RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at what makes you famous follow on instagram at what makes you famous follow on twitter at makes famous and follow on youtube at keys dan leave what makes you famous podcast a review and subscribe listen to what makes you famous podcast on podbean itunes youtube stitcher google podcast and spotify and almost anywhere you find podcasts tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keysdan. Email info at radiowhat.com. What Makes You Famous podcast is a production of Keys Dan Enterprises Incorporated at keysdan.com. Thank you for listening. Radio What, the music you want, with some words to live by. If a relationship has to be a secret, you shouldn't be in it. A public service message from RadioWhat.com. The music you want. Tweet, tweet, yo. Follow Radio What on Twitter at RadioWhatTwit. Tweet, tweet, yo.